to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. It is Wednesday, the 8th of February, 2017. And, uh, good thing t good thing this show is about being angry. A Facebook friend of mine was recently arrested and had a lot of recording equipment stolen from him, among other things, by criminal Michigan cops for filing a complaint while in a tactical vest and a balaclava and while armed, all of which are legal where he lives. His name is James V. Baker. He is in Dearborn, if I'm not mistaken. A city in Michigan which has open carry laws that he was following to the T. But when he walked into the police station to file a complaint for being harassed earlier, he had his life threatened for carrying which is totally legal. And this has happened before to multiple other activists. I can remember seeing countless videos of activists being forced down to the ground while their firearms were taken away from them simply for doing what is their legal right. Now, as an anarchist, I don't support the idea that the government should be able to restrict anyone's firearm usage based on anything. You know, I don't think the government should exist to begin with. But if they do, and they want to maintain the barest shred of dignity if they want to maintain public respect and the idea that you can go to these people for help when you need it, which is an atrocious thing to say anyway, because so many times people have called the cops for help and the cops have literally killed somebody who was unarmed or innocent or mentally unstable. Oh, I'm going to call the cops because my mentally unstable son is is acting out, and I think he's going to hurt himself. Well, you know, you call the cops and they come up and shoot him, because that's an appropriate response to a mental health problem. I still remember this video where the cop shot the kid in, like, the bathroom, I believe it was. And these are the things we tolerate as a society, as long as we say we need a government. Because the cops have no accountability. Typically, they can get away with whatever they do. Kelly Thomas, no charges. None. You know, James Boyd, no charges. Eric Garner, no charges. I can't breathe. Mom, Dad... Or just, you know, literally complying with police orders. 
only to have a dog sicked on you. And flash grenades set off. And filled with bullets. And oh, the big cherry on top of all of this. When they handcuff a dying or dead person because they might be a threat to the cop. <sighs> yeah, like the cop's not a threat to society. The cop's not a threat to him, the guy they just killed even though the cop will almost guaranteeably get away with it, that dead person is a threat. Make sure he doesn't fucking move. But anyway, this is the rant. Um, and I'm going to make this episode sort of ranty, but sort of structured, and it's going to be another one without news, because guess what? This is news. It's been in the Drudge Report. It's been on several local stations. Um where people were essentially bloviating. Somebody called it like an AP-14 that he had on him. Like, it doesn't take much research to figure out that that's not the gun he had. He had an AK-47. And it doesn't take much research to figure out that that gun isn't real. <laughs> but they still said it because they're, they wanted to pick this story like little vultures they are. Little rats trying to gnaw out as much of this story as they can, because he's, he's not opening up quite yet, except on his Facebook page. He's declined a ton of interviews with people, and for good reason. First off, when you're in legal proceedings, it's not always wise to just open up, because you could reveal something to them, for instance, that, um, that your lawyer would advise that you keep quiet on. Uh, or, or they could press you in a way that a judge would and can get, get a conviction just based on some technicality that didn't actually apply. But nobody would know that with your essential guilt recording somewhere. But that's, that's another side thing. His story is one of contention. There are a lot of people who are saying he should have been shot. There are a lot of people saying he's lucky to be alive, that he was dumb. All of these people are ungrateful. Because, let me tell you this. If our country stands for freedom, part of that freedom is the freedom to bear arms. And somebody engaging in the action of bearing arms is something that should be celebrated by people who supposedly support this kind of idea. But they don't, because really, in the end, they have this very limited idea of what freedom is. And if it doesn't support freedom, then we need to take the country from those who have stolen our lives from us to seize and maintain the death grip on this country that the globalists and the elites have had on it for a very long time. We need people to stand up. And, you know, there are people saying he's lucky to be alive. From my perspective, the fucking cops are lucky to be alive. Because he said expressly on his live stream he was going in there for his safety. And I know that there's a loose possibility that um, that, that was like a legal CYA or something, because 
if if I were about to go into a situation like that, um, in the way that he did, especially with the mask on, where cops have recently been very heavily advised to treat people with masks as if they're a problem, um, I might say that I feared for my safety just for the record. You know, especially since it's a fucking scary situation for, like, almost anyone to walk into. It's it's not it's not a, a fun place to be, knowing that you could get shot for engaging in your constitutionally protected rights. But, aside from all that, I want to get to his side of the story, which he's reasonably well documented on his Facebook. Um... And I'll start with his idea of being, quote, an independent police auditor. And this makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, for, from what I understand, it's essentially doing what people like Brett Sanders did and standing outside cop shops and taking pictures and uh, recording video. And if you're harassed by the cops, um, you know you have a story of a corrupt department who has shit to hide. Um, but his words, this is going to be somewhat long, but I'll try to represent it as well as I can with as few verbal fumbles as I can. So he writes, what is an independent police auditor? The answer is actually quite simple. An independent police auditor is just a mystery shopper for law enforcement. A mystery shopper, in case you don't know, is someone who is paid to audit or randomly check in on a business, service, product, or institution. The manager of a restaurant might hire a mystery shopper to audit the quality of his restaurant's food and service, like the restaurant We the People, who are the true managers of our public servants, have a need to routinely audit public services to ensure that they are up to the quality standards that we deserve for what we pay through taxation, in parentheses, extortion. But why do police need to be audited? It is because they are a state monopoly. What is a monopoly? A monopoly is the exclusive control of a particular product or service. That is to say... A monopoly is a product or service for which you have no choice of competitor. Verizon Wireless is not a monopoly because you can always go to AT&T. Your local rogue commission is a state monopoly because there is only one rogue commission sanctioned by the state to maintain a certain stretch of road. Ford is not a monopoly because one could always purchase a Chevy. Police are a monopoly because the state only allows one local institution to be law enforcers. What's so bad about monopolies, though? On their surface, nothing at all. They are merely products of services that people want or else they wouldn't exist. However, because monopolies, by their definition, lack any competition, they have no natural incentive to do a quality job. If Police Department ABC does a shitty job at policing and instead enforces unjust gun laws and shoots unarmed people routinely, 
Thanks to the magic of government, there is no police department XYZ, which you could call for policing instead. Our police know this, and because they know that you have no choice but to call NYPD if you're in NYC, they have no natural incentive to do an excellent job to keep you, the customer, happy. I'm going to pause there just a second. Uh, this is not his rant right now, but I'm just going to say, like, the Supreme Court has long since ruled, I think since, like, 2012 or something, that officers are not legally required to protect you. They're only legally required to enforce the law, which, you know, is in their job title. They're Leos, for fuck's sake. But that doesn't mean that we have to accept this paradigm where essentially their primary duty is to do the bidding of those who write the edicts and not those who they, quote, protect and serve. But anyway, I digress. Back to the, uh, back to the point. Baker continues, as well, because they know they have no competition, they have no incentive to be efficient and frugal with our stolen tax dollars. What if police department ABC spends millions on equipment to subjugate peaceful citizens? It truly sucks because tax dollars will continue to flood to department ABC if there is no department XYZ to compete. Police departments have incentive to do what politicians tell them to, or else these police departments may actually lose funding from those politicians and programs they support. In addition, politicians typically only support certain policies or laws thanks to corporate and wealthy donations. Any politician anywhere can be bought by someone. This means that not only do politicians get to choose what police enforce thanks to suggestions from corporate sponsors, but they can also adversely affect funding to police departments who choose to not enforce unjust and immoral policies and laws. Internal Affairs has no incentive to expose corrupt officers because it makes their entire department, city, county, and even state look bad when even a mild case of bad cop is properly exposed. No mayor, police chief, or sheriff wants to openly admit that they hired violent thugs and murderers by proxy. This is where we, independent police auditors, come in. We have no particular biases about this officer or that department or this deputy or any of that. We simply want to add some artificial incentive for these monopolized law enforcers to do a quality job. We independent police auditors can prove that our actions directly improve the quality of service you receive from your public servants. In literally dozens of cities across Michigan, we have had experiences where someone was unjustly hassled by police, illegally detained, or unlawfully arrested many times. On recurring audits in those same cities at later dates, officers go out of their way to avoid hassling the auditors. In fact, after having an encounter with two auditors in July 2013, in which two men were illegally detained, every single roll call at the beginning of shift next day at that police department included a 15-minute lecture on the laws, so as to avoid such illegal detentions in the future. This particular department passed their audit next time, as is the case with literally dozens of other municipalities. Are we trying to provoke the police? Not really. 
Simply filming a government facility is not inherently dangerous or else Google wouldn't be allowed to use Street View on government buildings. We prefer to be left alone, as that is the sign of a perfectly passed audit, which is a sign of quality services from our public servants. While a video captured by auditors of the police harassment may make interesting viewing on YouTube for many, a perfectly boring audit with no police interaction is always the goal. Why do we need to be armed and wear armor? Isn't that excessive? Well, simply put, in the case of an extremely bad police department, one where the police ex are extremely corrupt and know nothing of the law or morality, they may be more likely to shoot us. Police are just human beings, like everyone else, and are capable of extreme violence at any moment, which we definitely need to protect ourselves from as auditors, who may expose corrupt police. We obviously would prefer to not get into a gunfight, just as any police officer does not want such a thing, and the fact that we are armed usually deters a violent reaction from happening. Unarmed auditors have in the past been beaten on police department property on a day when security cameras didn't work. Police aren't likely to try beating three men with sporting rifles. We are a peaceful people, encouraging accountability with our public servants, while purposefully spreading a, a message of non-aggression and voluntarism. Independent police auditors, like most people, just want to be left alone. We just do it for a living. He posted this eight hours ago, I think, according to my current my current timing, and that's him explaining, I guess, uh, what what he was doing on the uh, the day he was hassled by cops prior to being arrested at the cop shop for doing what was totally legal. So, to move on to the meat of it. This story has now been shared by Drudge from a website called Conservative Outfitters. The title of the post is Video Man Walks into Police Station with AK-47 Wearing a Ski Mask, which, side note, balaclavas are not ski masks, but whatever. You can't win everything. Um... And the article goes, Michigan, two men are lucky to be alive after walking into a local Dearborn police station wearing ski masks while armed with multiple firearms. According to the video below, one of the men identified as Brandon wanted to file a complaint for being pulled over an hour before the incident occurred. As the men enter the police station, officers quickly respond, telling the men to drop the weapons and get on the ground. An officer can be seen yelling at a masked suspect, saying, I will put a round in you, sir. The suspects respond by saying they are legally allowed to open carry. So far, Dearborn police have not released any statements regarding the incident. If you have something to add, please leave a comment below. And then they have, like, the video there with a warning. This video contains language some viewers may find disturbing. Very edgy. Um, and this is the sort of thing you get in a lot of places. The comments here, I suspect these are liberals trying to stir up trouble. Must be. 
because anyone with any gun safety education knows you can't carry into a government building, which the police station qualifies as. <sighs> then Eric Marquez says, in response to that uh, user, Sir, please check your local state laws. While most states ban personal carry of a weapon, and many times officer carry as well in the secured areas of the police station, the public access areas are not statutorily banned locations in many states, nor should they be. The legal carry of a weapon for self-defense is of no more threat to anyone if they are on the public sidewalk or standing in the public side of the police station. Fucking, there's so much irrationality in, in all of the comment sections talking about this, which is great. It's sort of like when Brett Sanders dumped a big Home Depot, two big Home Depot buckets full of pennies that he dumped onto government desks to pay fines. More people should do this sort of thing. This is civil disobedience at its finest. He could have died, yes, but he could have died doing something he's legally allowed to do. And all of these, quote, conservatives that should be there for small government, uh, they couldn't give a rat's ass because it's not somebody waving an American flag and saying, I'm doing this for veterans and puppies and grandma and apple pie. Instead, he's doing it because he understands the value of personal protection and he understands the value of making a statement that the cops are the more dangerous people in society. Well, after they're out, um, the first thing that he did was post s several posts. Uh, one saying that he was okay, uh, James, and one that's reasonably long. Uh, but I'll I'll read it and then I'll end, and then I'll tell you how you can support him. It says, "You people are awesome. You know that. Truly awesome. I'm deeply humbled. I'm currently facing three misdemeanor charges. Had four thousand dollars in property stolen." And I'm absolutely amazed that people are responding to the video this way. This stuff is passe and normal for us to the point that the average PD in our area doesn't respond to calls of men with rifles anymore because of the efforts of myself and many activists here in southeast Michigan to desensitize and externally retrain especially bad officers. But remember, Brandon Vreeland has been my routine partner in our entrepreneurship of being professional independent police auditors. He is facing his own set of currently three misdemeanor charges as well, along with his own collection of stolen property, including his car, impounded for evidence and already searched with a warrant. The police would love for this to be the moment that they silenced us, and we all know that should be avoided. Liberty is too important, and I've come too far since my YouTube channel is the most popular on YouTube for this exact subject. However, legal costs for three charges times two people is not cheap. As well, unless we can clear our names and get an order from a judge for property return, we have no crucial equipment to do what we do. It's not just guns, it's mostly the literally dozen cameras Dearborn has in their possession. The costs to continue will be immense. I refuse to ask for money, but it is certainly needed. Brandon and I have retained the one and only counsel that truly understands the core concepts of personal liberty and open carry. Nicholas Sumberg of Sumberg Law, PLLC. 
Since Bitcoin is not money, nor is Monero or Litecoin or Ethereum, I will gladly accept donations of cryptocurrency of any denomination. But the fight goes on in any event. We've been doing this for a few years now, but I know my 24-year-old ass is just getting fucking started. The fight for true liberty is eternal because perfect freedom and harmony is an asymptote. And you all and I have a lot of work to do. Special thanks to someone who wishes to remain anonymous for posting the majority of our bonds from across the country. And he lists his Bitcoin address and says any Satoshi helps. So, there's that. And then there's also the uh, GoFundMe page, which is a $10,000 goal. Uh, and it's listed as uh, the Brandon Vreeland and James Baker uh, GoFundMe. And its summary is fairly short. I'm Brandon Vreeland, also known as Jackson Coplock. I've been standing up for the rights of the people, along with James Baker of Liberty is for Everyone, for quite some time now. We need your help now more than ever. The powers that be want to silence us. Help us stand against them. Although we are both from Michigan, James and myself have traveled to many states to promote freedom. All of our cameras were stolen along with our guns. All money donated will be used to continue our battle for freedom and replace the stolen items so we can continue filming our audits. James and I will split the donations. Help spread the word. <laughs> and it's fun because it looks like a lot of people like left donations just so that they could comment that these people were idiots. But whatever. Whatever. There are going to be a ton of people who just, you know, circle jerk in comment sections about how idiotic this is, even though it's totally legal. Um, you know, and it's fun because these are mostly conservatives calling them idiots, you know, saying that they make the open carry movement look bad. But let's be reasonable. The only other alternative here. Uh, is for this to be made illegal. Because if it's legal, then it's not something that's stupid to do in any other context than the people who enforce the law being dangerous and too stupid to know what the law is. So there's really, like, so many layers to the fake conservative argument against people open-carrying wherever they can do it, much less in police stations, much less when they're filing a complaint. I mean, that's what the Second Amendment is for. It's for standing up to statist thugs, to tyrants, to usurpers, to abusers and, 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 and usurpators. We're talking about people that the founders would have shot, and these people <laughs> that wave the American flag and are very proud of America would... Um, would comment in Facebook that somebody who even shows up with a gun is an idiot. Oh, America is not America. <laughs> but on a slightly better note, he's gotten a ton of support. And as he said in part of his, uh, part of his communications, some of the support comes from Nicholas Somberg of Somberg Law. And he says, I have officially been retained to represent the, the two activists who were arrested 
at the Dearborn Police Station on Sunday. I cannot say much, but remember that there are two sides to every story, and what the media reports is not always accurate. When the truth comes out, it will be clear that the, these men broke no law whatsoever. I fully believe in and stand behind their innocence. And for the record, before I get a cavalcade of people, if that's as many people as listening now, um, telling me that essentially, uh, you know, it's not just that these people sue anybody involved in the government because that'll just pass the costs on to taxpayers. There are multiple things there that you should be aware of. The first thing you should be aware of is that the entire idea of taxpayers being the ones who pay for the way government runs and uh, and all of its potential penalties and shit is ridiculous because the reason that we're nearing $20 trillion in fucking debt is because it's being passed on to future generations. And the truth is that the uh, the real payment will happen when this entire system comes crashing down after a giant default. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, you want the costs passed on to taxpayers? You want that narrative? Well, then hold your ankles because Uncle Sam is going to fuck you in the end anyway. And then also, the idea that suing the police department would be the thing that passed the costs on to taxpayers and not the illegal actions that the police officers took, not the people that actually threatened to kill somebody, which weren't James Baker or Brandon Vreeland, then the mass delusion of statism and the confirmation bias that comes with that have so heavily affected the way that you think that I really, really hope you look into this from a third-party perspective, watching people doing things that are totally legal, however scary they are, and being threatened by people who are theoretically supposed to enforce the law. This is the ridiculous system you support when you back the blue or when you say, essentially, police officers first in any of these safety situations. You've taken their side, but you haven't proven that that's the valuable choice. And I doubt you could. Because in the end, these people were well within their rights. And they could have died. And it's fun because there's a site, a pretty well-known world star hip-hop, where they post regularly videos of, you know, fights and shit. Um, that's what they're pretty well-known for. Like, a fight will break out in, in the hood and somebody will shout, like, world star because they know that that's where it's probably going to be. And these people are saying, you know, essentially everybody in the comment section is saying, you know, if these people weren't white, they would be dead. Well, maybe they should look into the history of open carry arrests because there was a black man who was not shot, but treated exactly the same way by uh, by by police officers 
that I can remember. He was like, I think, wearing dreads, and he was like walking down the street, and he was harassed by police officers. Um, multiple cars pulled up, and they treated him like he was breaking the law, even though he wasn't. But this has happened a ton of times with lots and lots of open carry people. They've been threatened for just using what they understand to be constitutionally protected liberties. And, you know, James is an anarchist. He, and, you know, Brandon probably is too. I'm not Facebook friends with him, so I don't know. Well, yet. I don't know. Maybe I will be in the morning. I think I sent him a request. Not sure. Um, so it's not like he enjoys the concept of the Constitution as the baseline for ethics or liberty, but he does understand his legal rights for what it's worth, which is apparently nothing to the cops. And he understands that this is totally legal. It's totally within the letter of the law and even the spirit of it. Because if you can't walk up to the government uh, uh, workers with your weapon, then what good is it against preventing tyranny? And whether or not you think that that was the intended purpose of the Second Amendment, we can at least agree that Michigan is an open carry state and that in the public, non-restricted lobby, it's totally legal to do what they did. I mean, the lawyer is saying it, you know, and the lawyer is definitely going to make some money off the case if he wins, so, you know, you could uh, understandably go the cynical route and say, like, well, obviously he's going to say what makes his case look the best to people who are going to watch. Because essentially, court is always court TV. It's always like, you know, trying to make as public a spectacle of it as you can. You know, make your case, make a name for yourself in the lawyer world, and make your name for for yourself clear up if you've been accused of a crime or something, if you're just a normal Joe Blow civilian. But... The laws have, for a long time, permitted in many places the carry of weapons. And this is one of them. This this is very cut and dried. Like, they did their research. They've been doing this for years. And if... If you, as a constitutionalist, don't support that, then I don't know why you haven't already turned in your freedom badge. If you as a liberal don't support this, when these people are standing up to the cops that you've accused of being fascist, then you should definitely turn in your liberal card. There's something wrong with society when people can't gather around somebody who's clearly a victim of illegal action and support him without also saying something like, you know, you're an idiot, you're lucky to be alive, it's because you're white, you know. <laughs> but anyway, this could be a very good story. It's, it's certainly going to be high profile. And that's what it needs to be. It needs to absorb a lot of media attention. And the essential idea of this should be to support him in any way you can, whether it's just sharing his posts, 
uh, liking them so that your friends are more likely to see them. Um, you know, donating money, donating time to write articles or post videos or radio shows or podcasts or whatever about this so that you can get the message out. Anything helps, you know. And my, my particular comment was James Baker needs B Bitcoin for his defense from the jackboots of this criminal cop shop who arrested him and threatened his life when he acted within his legal rights. Click see more, read the story, and decide for yourself. He's certainly not a legal criminal, and if he had put a few in those cops, the Constitution would have gained a few pounds. But we live in a lawless society where, quote, crime is that of which the state does not approve. And there needs to be more people like him, so the deterrence for government thugs will be too great to sustain the empire of real criminals. Learn from this example. In this sort of revolution, a bullet needn't be fired, and a million guns in the hands of free men could herald the end of the modern slave state. Much respect. Now, there's a strong possibility that even if everybody started to do stuff like this, it wouldn't make a difference, but, well, in the end, anyway, but it would certainly highlight how tyrannical the police state is. Because if you start acting within the limits of your legal rights, but it's at that very limit, and you start to live on that edge, the cops that don't know where the limits actually are and are just intelligent enough to follow orders and just stupid enough to not think about whether or not the orders they're given are legal are involved, you could die. You could be arrested and held in prison by people who don't understand the law, judges even, you know, or just juries who would rather go home than have a reasonable conviction. This is why the system is broken. He, he talked about monopoly, and that's exactly what it is. It's a monopoly on force. The state gets to decide how these things are enforced, and you don't. You get to shut the fuck up. And this is fine with most people. Most people will gloss over the story and just call him an idiot. Move on. And that's what's unfortunate, because if we can't... If we can't even get the basic understanding that acting within the rules that the government sets is fine, then how will we ever get to the stage where people are willing to admit that there's things that the government orders you to do that are wrong? Most people aren't fine with the government. Most people are just fine with the way things are because of government. Or at least the, the sort of causal connection that they put in their brain, even though it doesn't really exist. And that's the pro we, we need to start educating people. We need to start telling people that this shit is wrong. Unschooling. I watched, um, I believe it was the School Sucks podcast recently, and I found out that the, the reason that the U.S. school system is so corrupt-seeming and so indoctrinating is 
because it's literally based on an indoctrination system. The Prussian school system was a giant tyrannical system designed to get kids from a very young age to grow up thinking that it wasn't okay to escape gunfire. You had to charge into it. You had to do exactly what the government said. Nothing more, nothing less. You had to fill your role. You had to be the human meat, the cannon fodder, so that the government could get their soldiers to follow orders implicitly. And the U.S. just imported that system. They needed troops. They needed draftees. They needed people to immediately accept what they were saying is true. And so they raised the next generation of sheep to be totally complicit to the system because anything other than being totally complicit to the system made you part of all of the problems that the state claimed would not be solved without it existing and enforcing its arbitrary edicts. The government tentacles encroaching on everything. The elites bearing down on us, and we can't even walk into a police station with a gun. They can. There's a huge double standard. They can walk around all neighborhoods armed and dangerous. They can fuck you up with chemicals, with electricity, with a baton. They can put you in terrible positions. I, I wrote an article series for the fifth column news, uh, where I write occasionally, uh, about a guy named Scott Bowman, and he's a professor in Michigan, and he was essentially uh, held in inhumane conditions and tortured um, passively for hours because he dared to point out inconsistencies in, in enforcement of, of voting laws on campus. Like, there was a sign for somebody's campaign on the voting booth, and, like, over the voting area, big sign that said, you know, essentially, vote for me. <laughs> this is considered fine. And so it was his camera was broken, his his recording equipment was erased mostly. They tried to scrub it. They weren't very good at it. There were still some still shots that you could see. And like a really, really rough video that wasn't enough for any sort of convicting evidence against his his captors. And they laughed at him and they held him in this cameraless closet like environment for a very long time with his hands in an uncomfortable position. He he needed to get to a meeting so that he could talk about his campaign. He was running one. And they held him there. Didn't allow him to leave, didn't allow him to piss, and didn't allow him to to get water. And when he started to protest this, uh they put him in a pretzel lock, which is an illegal and unauthorized maneuver that cost him the use of his arm uh, for a very long time afterwards. I think it's still partially disabled. And get this. The the place he was when this all went down, the campus he taught at as a professor. He was walking out of class when he dealt with this. And guess where this was? Michigan. 
Gotta love it. But the idea should be to realize the double standard of the police. They get all of the force they need to defend themselves, but if you try to even have the capability to do so, you might get arrested. You might get thrown in a cage. You might have your property stolen uh, and, and your career ruined. You don't mess with these people. They're like the mob, only less efficient. You don't mess with these people. They get what they want, and you shut the fuck up and be glad that you're allowed to talk. And that's really fucking sad for a, quote, free society. And the real thing to lament isn't even that. The real thing to lament is the so-called freedom-loving constitutionalists that are willing to stand behind these thugs in badges and badges in uniforms and say that this guy was an idiot and he's lucky to be alive and he's probably a leftist or a liberal, just some whiny kid, instead of actually listening to him. And that's the fucking problem. That's the fucking problem. Nobody's willing to listen anymore. Nobody's willing to hear each other out. Everybody has to get their snide little comment in on Facebook, and nobody's really interested in hearing the truth. Because the truth is scary. The truth is that that flag you wave as a conservative is part of a giant control system, and you're encouraging it. The truth is that you hold the keys to your chains, and you won't unlock them because you're a happy slave. But they don't like that. They don't like thinking about that. It's an uncomfortable subject, so they don't think. And the leftists who say that he wouldn't be alive if he wasn't white. Right. Like there haven't been a ton of white people killed by cops. There was a kid shot because he had a Wiimote in his hand. There was a middle-aged dude shot because he had a garden hose attachment in his hand. There were more people shot that were white and didn't have anything in their hand, and you're telling me that because somebody's skin color doesn't match your perceived notion of what gets killed, they, they, they're somehow safe? Now, this cop threatened this person's life. He said he will put one in him. This cop threatened his life for doing something totally legal. And instead of just uniting behind him, the left is saying, good luck being black and doing the same thing. He's just lucky he's white. We can't unite behind any sort of victims. We have to unite with the oppressors because otherwise the narrative falls apart and the elites lose. So they, they hammer this shit home, you know. The elites fund protests. They fund our fighting against each other so that we won't fight them. And that's the fucking problem. But anyway, the good news is he's out. The good news is he has support. The good news is he has a lawyer. And the better news is that the more people do things like this, the more free our country has a potential for being. But only if we want it. 
And we have to want it. All of us. Or we lose. Anyway. You may have heard that this show now has a home on IPM Nation, as well as Journalistic Revolution Radio. So this will be playing on Journalistic Revolution Radio at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday, and then two hours later at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on IPM Nation's Live 2 channel. That is Channel 2 on IPM Nation. You can find me there to listen to my latest live files or any of my archives, as well as listening to the archive if you miss it for the first run-through on Journalistic Revolution Radio. And now that I'm doing syndication, if you're interested in getting my content syndicated to your online platform, if, or if you'd like me to start up a new radio show with a little bit less profanity and more FCC-approved bullshit, let me know. Um... I'm willing to syndicate to any platform that can provide me the same sort of things that the other platforms have, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get together and talk about it. Because I didn't even consider this until uh, Jen Coffey approached me about it. But now uh, this show will be on two separate websites, and it's syndicated nationwide. And I'm very proud to be a part of this. So that's the good news there. I'm also going to be doing lots and lots of YouTube videos. Be sure to check out the Chain Reaction podcast where I co-host because I don't think I've plugged that here yet. And uh, my online presence, Insanity is Free, and all that shit elsewhere. And uh, remember, this country is only as free as we can make it. And we can make it free, but it's going to take a whole lot more work than this. And a whole lot less snide comments on Facebook directed at nobody in particular, and proving no legal points, no ethical points, just proving that somebody has a bigger hard-on for the flag than it, the other people in the comments section. Because <laughs> we could unite, but right now we're divided, and we will fight each other to the death. Anyway, this has been Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding, Signing off. The song that played us in was Ivory Towers by File Transfer Protocol. And the song that'll play us out is Subversion by the same band. <laughs>